Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sons of Liberty podcast. Today, we have got a banger of an episode for you. Episode 21 of the Sons of Liberty podcast. Hunter, how are you doing this fine Thursday? I am glad to be here. It's been a while. I've missed my Sons of Liberty family. I've been yeah. on vacation enjoying life. Enjoying so the we took a week sabbatical. We interviewed. We did a bunch of interviews. Interviewed Jim Lyons, which is crazy. We, uh, Chris Lozon. Uh, Neil Eaton, and then we took a week off. What were you doing? I was on a cruise. You want a cruise? Tell us about that cruise. Um, ten day cruise, Caribbean cruise. Got some nice cigars in the Dominican Republic. Enjoyed the freedom and liberty there that we don't have here in America <laughs> anymore. Um, because the age they don't even ID you for buying a cigar or buying alcohol, and I was able to enjoy that freedom and liberty and and use it. Amen. To enjoy God's blessings. True, and, <laughs> True libertarian. <laughs> and for that, I am I'm grateful. I heard that you guys passed by Epstein's Island. We did pass by Epstein's Island on a boat. What a beautiful island. Dude, shut up. No, it's a beautiful island. And they're actually talking about turning it into a resort. Yeah. Which I definitely would which, never, ever want to visit that. Which, well, the thing is God can redeem the land. And I believe that he will. Didn't you just say, you said in a recent podcast, though, that the land cries out. The land has cried out, which is why Christians need to go to that island and take it back and establish Christendom on that island. Christendom? Just like nation, Christian nationalism? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, like, it would be okay if, like, a Christian went and bought that island? Yeah. Like, let's say, like, the Hobby Lobby family, they went and bought that island uh-huh. and then turned it into, like, a... Just its own country. Like a mega church? Like it's just one big mega church. <laughs> People boated in on Sunday morning and then boated out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, God will redeem all what, the land. Would you be cool with that if it became like a little Christian nationalism? Well, what's going to happen when Jesus comes back and returns? What is that island going to be? Is is God just going to say, oh, we'll sink it to the, the bottom of the ocean? Who or? knows? I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah, there was no reforming that city. God burnt that to pieces. Because some institutions we have to destroy and rebuild, others we can reform. Like the church, you can't, or the family, you can't really destroy those fundamental, or even the government you can't destroy those institutions. You have to reform it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have seen Island make it. Comment down below. We'll have seen Island make it <laughs> past the um, the white throne judgment or whatever. The white throne judgment. I feel. I have a feeling that Epstein Island will be chaff. Probably. probably. <laughs> Unless probably. Epstein repented before he hung before. himself. Or allegedly hung himself. Uh, dude, you were... Ba- we're dude. on YouTube. Yeah. We've gotten paid so much money by Hillary Clinton <laughs> to just say that he hung himself. Yeah, so. allegedly hung himself. Allegedly, Which yeah. Trump declined to say that Jeffrey Epstein did not commit suicide, which is interesting. Yeah, it was strange why he didn't like make any... He's in on it. Well, no, I don't know. It seemed like the way he said that, he was trying to just be kind of... No, this is actually an interesting discussion. We're going a little bit off topic here. Do you think that Trump supporters, even if it was proved Trump went to Epstein Epstein Island, did all the things that Bill Clinton or whoever did in there, do you think Trump supporters would actually care? I think there is a faction of Trump supporters that would care, but I definitely think that there are a segment of supporters... They are committed to him, mm-hmm. and they'll find a way. I mean, they're committed I mean, to Trump, the man, and they'll find a way to justify Trump it. Trump literally said that I could go murder somebody on uh, <laughs> in the street, and people would still vote for me. <laughs> Which well, it's because he is a man of the people. The people just love and respect him. Yeah. Which I think is a problem. But I don't think he went to Epstein's Island. So I, yeah, I don't really know, and I and I'd even rather, I just ca- I'd rather cognitive dissonance it and not really think about it and not. <laughs> and look, even if he did, you have to think realistically. Even if he did, doesn't mean. He knew what was going on, yeah. or he participated in the awful acts of sexual abuse that were happening on the island. Agreed. So, actually, okay, if he went in the plane, he's a well-connected individual. He knows. He, he, probably, he probably knew, I, yeah. but it d- doesn't mean he participated, which doesn't make it good. We're not justifying that. Well, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the video. The meat and <laughs> potatoes, the part you want to just munch, munch, because of the, the starch and the yumminess. Okay, so... The Super Bowl happened a couple weeks ago, and the Chiefs won, unfortunately. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it already. I will say... My, my Brock yeah. Purdy lost and made me yeah, cry a little. The kingdom of God suffered violence that day, <laughs> because Brock Purdy is a Christian, a good man, and he lost to somebody who claims Christ but is not 
showing fruit of the Christian faith. Yeah, he got his girlfriend pregnant, and yeah, you know, Patrick and Mahomes we're talking about. Although Harrison Butker is very true, a very biblical man. He's so true. I guess there is God has a remnant on both sides. Yeah, and uh, God will preserve a remnant. Yeah, just like in the days of Elijah. I'm listening through a sermon series on Elijah, and I'm learning about the, the remnant of a hundred people that Obadiah was preserving. Obadiah was the right-hand man of King Ahab, who was an evil king, but Obadiah was a Christian, essentially like a Christian politician in his day, but Ahab didn't know that. And he preserved a remnant of a hundred prophets of God in a cave, keeping them alive and feeding them because Ahab and Jezebel had destroyed all the rest. So there's always, always a remnant. But anyways, it was a good game. It was a good game. It was an entertaining game. Went to overtime, all (sighs) that. It felt. Did it feel scripted? Uh, it did feel. Not gonna jump on that bandwagon, but it felt scripted. It like felt the, scripted. the whole time, you just knew they're gonna win. Chiefs are gonna win. It's like you just. Well, now I think we know as Patriots fans, we know what it feels like. That's true. There was a bunch of games that we won that were kind of sus, but were they though? They were. There were certain calls that went one way or the other, but there was also calls that went the other way. And I don't know if you can say it's. I don't think the Chiefs should have won last year. Like I they remember that bogus call at the end with against the Eagles? Yeah. There was like a bogus call. I don't think I don't think they should have won that. I, I think know. it was ridiculous. Because it was like some pass interference call that they blatantly happened and the rest just didn't call it. And that would have I don't know. I think they should bring reviewing reviewing uh penalties back. I agree. I don't understand why they took that away. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just make the game go faster. Retention from the audience. Yeah. But anyways, uh one mass ever one one thing that every uh NFL fan, most likely dudes, have to endure during the Super Bowl is freaking Taylor Swift just sitting, uh, sitting up in the balcony. I think we were, we had a, the over-under, we were, I was on the cruise ship, and we had the over-under <laughs> set at, I think it was seven and a half times showing Taylor Swift on the screen, and the alternate line was eight and a half, Oh no. and we were banging the over. She was shown, I think, 12 or 13 times. I was going to say, like, it's more than eight times, of course. Yes, we were banging, we just thought, because actually, in the previous uh, playoff games, they actually didn't show her on screen that much. It was more so just that like social media was talking about mm-hmm. her a lot. Yep. But in the Super Bowl, they went they went all in. And Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift did not endorse Joe Biden and get engaged right after the Super Bowl, as many thought. Wasn't that an actual like bet? Yeah. That people thought they were going to get engaged and, and endorse Joe Biden. I don't know well, about the, the endorsement. No, the engaged one was whether he would whether he would uh, engage like on the field after. Gotcha proposed to her yeah that would have if he did that i did that would what an awful thing to do to your teammates if like you proposed to your girlfriend just steal the thunder like the media thunder of that entire night i don't know it's, it's no longer of, the chiefs they winning kind of both steal it regardless so i think it's fine <laughs> yeah also it'd be more biblical they got it's true i think they should get married and have a lot of kids but i don't think taylor swift's gonna do that because she's literally insane probably he's possessed yeah, but- by the spirit of jezebel but you know <laughs> Okay. <laughs> she should repent. But so um, is Travis Kelsey. Mr. So. Pfizer as Mr. Pfizer as Aaron Rodgers says. What yeah. do you think about Aaron Rodgers? He's a little He's a kook, a little kooky brother, but I think that <laughs> God is using him to speak certain things. He's uh anti-vaccine, which we love, obviously. That's great. And he said he was on Joe Rogan the other day, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was talking they were talking about Jesus or whatever, and Joe Rogan basically said that we need Jesus maybe. He did. Did you see that? Yeah. So the reason that we bring up the Super Bowl was because during the Super Bowl, there was an ad that has gotten many conservatives within the conservative uh, Christian sphere kind of uh, at each other's throats, which is, is a probably a good way to say it. It was the controversial He Gets Us ad, specifically uh, the foot washing ad. I don't know. A lot of people were saying that He Gets Us has a foot fetish issue. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. I've never heard that, but that's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, so we're going to show the video. we got some commentary. But basically, you've got people like Charlie Kirk, Ali Bestucky, um, a lot more conservative Christians online saying this is watered down. It's not preaching real truth. Uh, and then you've got more people on the left. I, I Actually, honestly, Michael Knowles actually defended the ad. Uh, saying basically his main point was that the ad isn't meant for Christians. It's not meant for people who already believe the truth. It's for people who are of an audience that have no idea what the gospel is, that have no idea uh, what being a Christian or a conservative or having traditional values actually means. 
uh, have no idea about the American founding and all the the beautiful core tenets of Christian conservatism and how it's influenced that country. Like all those words wouldn't make any sense to them. And Michael's point was that like it's not for you. So they fashioned the ad to appeal to a larger kind of more woke audience, honestly. So that's the point of the ad in hoping that it drove traffic to their website, thus people hearing the gospel, yada, 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 getting on Bible plans, finding a local church, all things that he gets as ad wants people to be introduced to, uh, allegedly is what they're saying. So we're going to watch the video. And for those who have not seen the video, what I'm saying doesn't make any sense to you. He's like, what, what is this ad? Was it like a bunch of blue-haired lesbians running around the street <laughs> saying Jesus loves you? Let's watch the ad. It has nothing to do with that. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. first thing about that is that it was done really well in terms of the aesthetic of the ad mm -hmm. and the you know production of it i don't know how what they used to make it obviously and but I, th I think it is very it was very captivating and you know yeah it was nice it was a nice song and everything and they had a 10 million dollar budget or whatever for it so <laughs> and i don't know if that's including how much it costs to actually have it aired on the super bowl because super bowl lights like are five to 15 million is yeah crazy honestly um so just explaining the ad, it, it showed a bunch of people washing each other's feet, and then at the end it said, Jesus gets us, he gets all of us. Uh, for Jesus those, didn't teach hate. Yeah, for yeah. the audio listeners. Um, so basically, the, when I first watched it, my first impression was just cringe. I didn't, I didn't understand why they were showing only... I'm gonna get so much. It's crap. really. It's, I'm gonna get so much crap for this, but it was yeah. like only. I don't think there was a white person getting their feet washed. It was people who looked to be that the left would portray as oppressors in yes. society, washing yes. the feet of classes that the left deem as oppressed people, or marginalized, groups. or, or marginalized people yeah. groups. Like there was, uh, there was, you know, what the left would call, you know, uh, undocumented migrants, were just illegal aliens, you know, or uh, a woman getting so, an abortion. Yeah, a woman getting an abortion. There was a climate protester getting her feet washed by like some oil rig guy. I think there there was one where the uh, it looked like it was kind of like a farmer and a, a black person. They were washing each other's feet, it actually kind of looked like. So that one oh, was... Oh, yeah. And then at the end, you've got a pastor washing the feet of a transgender, yeah. so I don't lesbian, think, gay, whatever. To be fair, to the I don't think all of these are actually controversial or, or, or bad no. to, to portray. No. I think the bigger problem is that it's clearly one-sided. It is one-sided, and I don't know if. And here's the here's the rough part: is because he gets us is predominantly funded by the Green family, who runs Hobby Lobby. That is a very, very, very conservative family. Like literally, the co-founder, I think Dave Green or something, he literally sued an employee, a transgender employee for Hobby Lobby for going into the restroom of the opposite gender because he identified. <laughs> he fired them. And then sued him. Wow. So that's, that's you know, who, yeah. That's, that's interesting. That's who you're dealing with. That's yeah. the guy who's funding this ad. So you have to wonder, okay, is there a bad apple? Is there someone in the family who's kind of more of a social justice warrior? Or does they do they truly believe that this is how we reach them? Yeah. Is that is that we give you know we portray the ad like that? I, think I don't a fair know. Question. It's it's, defi it's definitely, it's the, definitely I think a fair that question. is the question really. Yeah. Is what is their motive? What is their intent? Because the ad obviously is an accurate depiction of who Jesus is, but I think it is interesting how they add the word at the end. Jesus didn't teach hate because people washed feet. love I, to throw that word around. Yeah. Hate. Whenever a Christian says anything about calling out homosexuality, calling out abortion as a sin, or any of the the things that the left loves to push as these great moral things that we should be accepting of as sin, that is hate in their eyes. So it's playing into that 
ideology, which I don't like. And I don't know if that's what, again, that's so, what they're saying to be charitable to them. But Yeah. You said that it portrays Jesus' teaching well. I don't think it does, actually. The photos by themselves, if you had... I'm jumping between points here. Let me finish my first point. I don't think it accurately portrays Jesus's teaching because in the Bible, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but it only ever shows Jesus washing feet or talks about Jesus washing feet, the feet of his disciples, the people who are in his fold. Now, he did watch the, wash the feet of Judas who portrayed him, and you could argue, make a very strong case. I think most Christians agree Judas was not saved and did not go to heaven, and he was not uh, a Christian or a follower, mm-hmm. one of the elect. No. <laughs> we'll cut that part. <laughs> so you could argue that. So it's not like Jesus was washing, going around and washing the feet random of feet. just random people. It's like, oh, I love you. Let me wash your feet. I love you. Let me wash your feet. You could argue. Yeah, but he would, though. But it's not like he would refuse to wash their feet. Well, but, and, and here's the thing. Go ahead. It looked like in the ad that everybody getting their feet washed in the He Gets Us ad, it looked like they were like, thank you, finally. They didn't look like, oh my gosh, like... Why are you washing my feet? That's crazy. Because the disciples in the in the scripture, if you remember, I think it's in Luke, maybe I don't remember, but Jesus, he's washing their feet, and they say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa Christ, what are you doing? We should be washing your feet. Like, why are you washing our feet?" But Christ was showing a, a what portraying what it means to be a servant. You know, if you want to lead, be a servant. Right. You know. Um, so that, but everybody in the ad made it look like we deserve this. Like, finally, give us some equal. Give us equal access, not equal access, but (laughs) give us equal treatment, like almost like you're atoning for sins. It gave me like white guilt vibes, almost like we're evil, therefore we'll wash. We owe this to them. Yeah, we we're we're an oppressor class, therefore we have to wash the feet to atone for the evil things that we've done, and to oppress the other class. I'm speaking of the ad, so I don't think that accurately represents Jesus's teaching because it wraps up the entire video by saying Jesus didn't teach hate. He did teach hate. He ta- taught us to hate sin. He taught us to hate evil. I don't think, I, I don't understand why that's controversial. And something, something Matt Walsh pointed out, which I thought was very accurate, was that the only, if you're trying to reach an audience that doesn't know anything about Christ, why would you say Jesus didn't teach hate? That's like one of the only things that everybody in the entire world, or at least in the West, kind of gets about Jesus. He, he was a nice guy. He was just a good teacher. He loved everybody. Yeah, that's he the didn't image. Teach hate. That is that's, the popular image. That's already the popular image. You're not giving these people anything new necessarily. And I think if you're trying, I think what the, it looks like they're actually trying to say in the ad is actually weird because it kind of goes against their whole campaign is, seems to be Jesus focused. But the ad isn't even Jesus-focused because it's people. It's not Jesus watching their feet. It's people and culture watching It would make feet. sense. What if, if it was if Jesus were... washing the feet of a girl at an abortion clinic or Jesus washing the feet of a climate protester well, or, of a, or of a illegal alien or of a transgender? I think if they framed it in a, in a different way, it would still be not ideal, but at least different. To, I think that what they're saying is that Christians who are hateful don't accurately represent Jesus. Definitely the image that people have of Jesus is more of the hippie Jesus yep. and the kind of nice, non-judgmental. I mean, you look at gay men go to church at a higher percentage rate than straight men. What? Yes. Are you serious? Yes. I did this on, I did a, a study on um, manhood. Whoa. And that was because the, the preaching in the majority of churches in America today is soft. It's not these hateful Southern Baptist churches that people quote unquote hateful that people think of. So I think it's interesting to target it this way. And I think what they're really getting at is they don't, they're not saying that people think Jesus preaches hate. They think that Christians preach hate. That's a great point. I don't think they're, so it's almost like an, an, is this ad targeted at quote hateful Christians? I think that's what it's saying. Cause I think it's saying people on the right are hateful because they they instead of actually caring for the people that they want to change, they just they just yell at them they for just being yell at them bad for being evil. Like Jesus hates you, blah 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 blah. Which is not what we do. And the question is: Is that a fair critic? Is that a fair? Is that a fair representation of who people on the conservative side of Christianity are? Is that fair? No, I don't think that's a fair representation. No, you've got that like one church. In, like, remember that that was circulating Westboro in the Baptist Church. Yeah, like that one church that the media just took and ran with it. Like every Christian hates gay people because of that one awful church that is doing an awful job at representing yeah. God. Or you say you look at the issues that they focus on. Um, 
like abortion or racism that they addressed here. And who has done the most for women who are struggling in, uh, with pregnancies as teens or as single mothers, who helps those people the most? Christians. Christians. Yeah. Who were the ones who were leading the civil rights movement, who were leading the abolition of slavery? Christians. Christians. And who are the ones leading the abolition of abortion? Christians. Yeah. Which is the actually loving side of the argument yeah. is to stand up for who you know who are the most marginalized group in society? Babies in the womb. Unborn black babies, actually. Unborn black babies in the womb are yeah. the most marginalized. Yeah. And I think it also ignores the fact that, like you said, Jesus to people who were oppressors, Jesus wasn't very nice to them to the Pharisees and to the Sadducees who were leading people astray. He wasn't very nice to them, actually. He was a little bit of a meanie, as you some people would say. He called them, he said, woe to you, you hypocrites. He said, you brood, he literally called them a brood of vipers. Yeah, whitewashed tombs. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't love it. I understand what they're getting at, but I just... The ad? Yeah, the ad. Okay. I don't, I understand what they're getting at. And I think... I want to be charitable to them in that I think I don't think it's coming out of a place of like of malicious intent or trying to misrepresent Jesus. No, I, I don't genuinely think, so think that they think that what they're doing is yeah is and let me say that let me you can finish. Yeah, and I, I think that I've watched some videos of the people and they seem like loving and and kind people. So I'm not I don't want to attack yeah. people and just say they're a bunch of stupid idiots. All right, so we're on the same side. We yeah. we agree with you. Like if you're watching, honestly we'd love to I know Sean McDowell did a, a video with one of the peop- advisors to the He Gets Us nonprofit and he made some good points and I uh so like we want to we want you to understand like we're not we're not against you. We're not yeah. the makers of He Gets Us. We're, we're not against you. We don't believe that like you're maliciously doing this. I think that's yeah. silly to assume that. You want to assume the best of people until you're given reason to believe otherwise. And yeah. there is no reason to believe otherwise. Just they have a different way of approaching it. And I guarantee you that some people were really, really helped. That some people got healing. I guarantee you some people got saved. I just really hope it was a real saving. Yeah. I, because, I mean, in the interview with Sean McDowell, uh, interviewing this uh, one of these guys from He Gets Us, he was saying that, like, I don't know, traffic to the website, like, it went up, you know, it was like a million people went to their website. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, they don't articulate the gospel on the website, yeah. which is a big, criti- a big criticism that I have with He Gets Us. And it takes... It's like five or six clicks to actually get to like one of the Bible reading plans that they offer, which they need to. I know they're a young organization, but they really need to need to make that better. Because what's the point of traffic to your website if people aren't getting the gospel? Because the gospel, the gospel, the website is just more like nice rhetoric, kind of what the commercials are, you know, quote unquote, nice rhetoric. So here's the thing. I love it. I guarantee you some people got saved from it. But are we saving people to the wrong Jesus. Is the He Gets Us feet washing commercial, is it portraying the proper Jesus, the historical Jesus, the the biblical Jesus portrayed in the Gospels? I don't believe it is. And I'm worried that people are going to think they are saved, that people will go into a church, maybe who have a, a tendency to homosexuality, who go into a church expecting to be affirmed because that is the Jesus that they've been introduced to. Oh, I thought Jesus hated me. He doesn't cheat, hate, praise the Lord. My goodness, I can finally go to church and feel comfortable. Or they'll go to that church down the street with that BLM flag on it, with that gay pride flag on it. Because it doesn't matter what they teach because Jesus doesn't teach hate. Therefore, if if someone gets mad at me, or not gets mad at me, but if someone, you know, uh, confronts me on my on my lifestyle, that means they're hating me. But Jesus said not to hate, so that person's violating Jesus's commandment without ever, and they come to these conclusions without ever reading the gospel. This, this is not a firsthand account I'm getting from anybody, but I think this is a logical thing to assume to take what the commercial's portraying, what the website is portraying, what the people who represent He Gets Us is portraying, and I think that's a logical conclusion to come to. No, I think that's completely fair, and I think that it does people, it also... It's almost as if the only thing that Jesus came to do was to serve us. 
I think that's another aspect of yeah. it, is that it's kind of just, and it, I understand, I do love the aspect of people washing each other's feet. I think that that's, I think that it's, it is a lovely, you know, example of love and service and giving things up. Yeah, you mentioned that on the Neil yeah. Eaton podcast, how yeah. Chuck Smith in Jesus Revolution, yeah. how we thought it was so cool that he was washing the feet of these hippies yeah. before they were coming into church, you yeah. know? And I think that's, that's awesome. And I, yeah. and I like that they chose to use this, but I think that, the important part is while Jesus was washing those people's feet, he was saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand in all likelihood. Mm -hmm. Like he, he wasn't just here to serve us. He was here to die for us. He was here to serve us. But in that, that created an opportunity for us to be able to serve him. Yeah. And that's the full gospel and that we are required to change for him. We're required to deny ourselves, pick up our crosses and follow him. And the whole entire gospel is beautiful. Like you can't just say only the part where Jesus is serving you is the beautiful, beautiful part. Mm -hmm. The beautiful part is the entirety of it. The fact that somehow Jesus is the king and has the most power of any being in the entire universe, yet he decides to come down and humble himself and wash our feet. And now we get to do the same thing whenever we wash somebody else's feet and serve them and lead somebody to Christ into the true gospel that we are serving Jesus in mm. that. Yeah. And I think that part of this too is it is a little bit humanistic in that it's so focused on the person to person, which Jesus obviously cares about. But that wasn't the first commandment. The first commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, soul, and mind. And the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't have the love the Lord your God part, the loving your neighbor part means not much in terms of eternity. Mm -hmm. And you can do great things here on earth, but in reality, if your soul is damned to hell, all the, all your good deeds are chaff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that obviously it's, it's hard to do that in a 47 second ad, mm -hmm. but it can be done. And I think that we have to display that part that, you know, repent and be baptized. And I think that if we, if we, if we don't, portray the full Jesus, I think we're doing Jesus a disservice. And it's not about left, right. It's not about the conservative side or the whatever side. It's We can't... And I think that's all, another problem with the ad is that it is so focused on the left side of things as if they're the only ones who are marginalized. When you look at MAGA conservatives, they're also marginalized. Whether you want to say it's for whatever reason or not, Jesus doesn't care about whether you're mar marginalized for justified reasons or unjustified reasons he loves you and will wash your feet regardless of what end of the political aisle yeah you're on it's jesus would watch trump's feet and he would uh wash joe biden's feet so i don't love the focusing on one side either. yeah well to be fair i mean like i said jesus only washed the feet of his disciples so i don't think it's I don't think it's fair for us to just assume jesus wa would wash anybody's feet that's fair but also he he did miracles for all kinds of different people for the people that came to him and that were hurt. And, and, yeah, true. and that doesn't, not all of those were his disciples, but at the same time, he didn't, he rarely performed a miracle. Like people weren't just coming to him and saying, Jesus, give me a miracle because I deserve it. And then he, he, he healed them. And then they walked off and didn't become Christians. It was, you know, it was, it was, um, through faith that you are, you are just, no, you were, your faith has made you well, is the, what That's Jesus true. would keep saying. Yeah. And there was a woman who actually came and washed Jesus's feet. Remember? She was the, the uh, was it the prostitute or whatever? She I came thought it and, was, wasn't it? Wasn't she came it? and washed Jesus's feet with her long hair, and she and she dumped her very, very expensive perfume all over her hair and washed Jesus's feet. And then Judas it. was like, hey, don't do that. I want to sell it for money. <laughs> <laughs> it's the message Bible. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a paraphrase. That's not. <laughs> I want to sell it for 30 pieces of silver. <laughs> Kiss me in the cheek, man. That is basically what Jesus said. So I guess to summarize this, we kind of, kind of, sort of like the ad, sort of. I don't like the ad. We don't love the ad. We don't love the ad. It could be better. It could be better. But at the same time, he gets us as a young company. We want them to do better. Um, you know, because we get you. All right, man. We get you. We're not teaching hate. We love you. 
but I think we think you could do better. And honestly, if if people were just showing me like those singular photos of uh, of people washing each other's feet, not in an ad, not in he gets this thing, and just people to show me, that, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But when you put them together and then at the end say Jesus didn't teach hate, he washed feet, it makes me feel like wow, I'm awful for thinking abortion is wrong. I'm yeah. awful for thinking yeah. the world isn't going to end in 12 years unless we stop, you know, uh, digging for, you know, fossil fuels or whatever. Yeah. Like that's not accurate. Accurate. Yeah. At all. So I think there's a more accurate version of this video, but before we get to that, we, we, one of the things, one of the main criticisms of the video, which I'm repeating now, but I'm, I'm repeating it to intro into another video here is that it makes people feel like they don't have to change that. There's no, that there's no repentance of sin required. So Babylon B made an epic video. Hunter, I don't think you've seen this yet. I have not. Okay, it's awesome. This video is titled Satan, He Gets Us. That's intense. <laughs> that is a that is good. That is Oh my gosh. For those audio listeners, he basically they were basically just saying that, you know, they were showing pictures of like a, a very overweight a very overweight person, you know, it said Jesus, you know, or not Jesus, but he doesn't want you to change. He loves you. Basically, instead of the he gets a sad was saying it from a perspective of Jesus, this one saying it from a perspective of Satan and saying that, man. The things that he gets us at and we're saying over at Babylon B, it's pretty similar, actually. It's just... It's just a different name. Yeah. It's almost like <laughs> pulling back the curtain. And I think this is a little bit obviously on the less charitable side of things. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But I think that they're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, obviously, because that's exactly... Our culture, we are not in the Puritan culture of the 16 or 1700s where we are... Completely the opposite way where we are too far on the maybe hate or rules or legalism or that side. We yeah. are not. Like if, if anyone's telling you that that's the way American culture is and that we're just so hateful and that Christians have all the power in politics, that is not true at yeah. all. And I don't know how you can even say that. Just because Roe v. Wade was overturned, tired lie that's been that was used in like the mid 1900s. So now they're just trying, they're just wearing it out until people are fed up with it. I think people are starting to get yeah, which is completely yeah. We're on the complete opposite end. We need more preaching against sin in churches. But here, yeah. yeah, But here, we're going to show an ad now, alternative, and this is a a pastor. I gosh, I can't not remember his name, but um, I'll I'll put it on the screen if I can remember. but basically, there's a video of this pastor. He made an alternative ad, and this is what it means to bring hope and the entirety of the gospel in 50 seconds while still convicting of sin. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. Such were some of you. Is Which is right. an exact quote yeah. from Jesus. Um, 
Or from Paul. Probably. So for audio listeners, basically it goes through and it shows pictures. I encourage you to go watch it, but it uh, it it shows pictures of former abortionist, former transgender, former drug addict, former uh, porn star, former lesbian activist, um, all these different for, former witch, former KKK member, former jihadist, all of these former lifestyles that are ungodly and unchristian and evil and depraved. And but it says former, and it shows a picture of them in their new life. In their new life in Christ, and it's a beautiful thing. And then it ends with, instead of saying he, it's, he says he doesn't just get us; he saves us, redeems us, uh, transforms us, heals us, forgives us. And I think actually, they could actually they could have had, because in the Super Bowl, a lot of the ads are, you know. They're, they show one part of an ad, and then, then there's another ad later that relates to the first one. Yeah. They could have actually had the first ad and had an ad like this. That's true. That would have been a lot more money, like but that's true. They, I mean, they, they could have raised the money for it. Mm-hmm. They could have done it. And I think this would have made both ads, they would have worked together. Because mm-hmm. he would have said, Jesus washes your feet. But again, he doesn't just get us. He saves us. He transforms us. So yeah. I think, obviously, I love that. Yeah. And I think that that paints, I mean, even in just, you wouldn't even need the other one, realistically. No. But that paints the full picture, and I think that the problem with why they didn't do that one is because the problem with sin is that no matter what people say to you, your immediate reaction is to be offended because the the original sin is pride. And it's like, oh, he's saying that being a lesbian activist is bad. My eyes are shut off. My ears are closed. I can't hear anything else that is being said in the ad. Mm. Yeah. And, but that's the problem with sin is that we need to see it for what it is. We can't wash, whitewash, whitewash it. <laughs> we can't act like it's something that it's not. Like sin is a heinous thing to God. It's, it's evil. It, it's not just, oh, I feel bad for you. Like, no, it's, you are hurting yourself. Yeah. You are actually hurting God's creation. So yeah, and when Jesus di- Jesus dying on the cross did not remove God's wrath, it just redirected it. Right. God is still angry at your sin. Jesus covers us with His righteousness, right. with His blood. Yeah. God didn't just to your point. He didn't just sweep it under the rug. He's dealing with it. Yeah. He will deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, and even like just washing somebody's feet or doing all these things. That doesn't make you a good Christian. Nothing makes you a good Christian. Nothing that you can do makes you a good person or nothing you can do makes you, you know, oh, look at these, you know, a real Christian would do this or a real Christian would do that, which is, there is truth to that and we shall know them by their fruits and it's important to show fruit and have a life that is dedicated to God. But that is not what saves you. And I think just to hammer it in on the, he gets us out a little bit more is I actually do the more I, I watch these other ones is that it is kind of based in a humanist Marxist Marxist sense yeah. of reality that all that matters is the interpersonal. Nothing matters about your worship to God, what you give to God. Yeah. You know the original sin is not our sin, not the things we struggle with, but being in a, in an oppressor class, which yes. is Marxist ideology. Right. And that that's something that we need to go back from, which part of Jesus was that, like the Samaritan woman at the well and and the way the Jews treated them, he pushed back against. Mm -hmm. But that's such a small part of the full teaching of Jesus, which is that, again, all people, not just people who you view as marginalized. Well, the Marxists take that out of context. It's not that Jesus was, uh, it's not that Jesus was like liberating all oppressed groups. Like that wasn't, his thing. He's came to save souls. It doesn't matter if you're an oppre- oppressor or an oppressor. Yeah, he came to save. Technically speaking, we are all oppressors because of our sin nature, but yeah. we are all being oppressed by our sin nature. It's yes. a weird like give and take, a give and go yeah. there. Like it's it's both. Yeah. And but I'm only saying that to use in, the, the less ideologies. But in reality, throw that all that stupid ideology like words out. Like just they're 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 the left's language. Throw it out. We don't need it. Jesus came to save individuals. Yeah doesn't matter about and that's another thing that the left believes the marxists believe and i honestly think this ad is kind of attributing to this that 
they believe that we are defined by our external actions. circumstances or actions. Well, not no, well, they yes, don't believe by that. our actions, yeah. by our circumstances, by our color, things we can't change. Upbringing is what Upbringing. we're raised yeah, in. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, he's a trust fund baby. Therefore, he's a stupid person. Or yeah. like, oh, they're from the ghetto. Therefore, they they'll never have a good education. Like all these just assumptions that people will make yeah. about other people. They don't have anything. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's all external stuff that Jesus doesn't care about. He yeah. cares about you because he loves you. He wants to save you. Yeah, and he, it's it's saying that. The oppressed can't change unless the oppressors change, which is not true. Yeah. Because Jesus, in spite of oppression, can change the oppressed hearts and inspire them and lift them up to be able to do things that they never could have done on their own. Because the power of Jesus is the greatest thing in the entire universe because he is the creator. While Jesus was being oppressed on the cross... He said, Father, forgive my oppressors, for they do not know what they're doing. Yeah. I'm. He didn't say that exactly, but that's, he said, that's Father, forgive he, them, for they don't know what they're which doing. Which who was them? Them was the people who were Oppressing crucifying him, him for yeah. no reason. Yeah. And he said, forgive them. And Jesus is, was the most oppressed individual in the history of the world. And what did he do in spite of his oppression? Oh, you know, he just rose from the dead, something like... <laughs> You know, he loved his oppressors, but he didn't roll over. Yeah. He didn't just roll over and die. He rose again. Yeah. He rose from the dead, defeated death. Yeah. He was assertive, not passive. Agreed. He was assertive, not domineering. Agreed. Dude, that's why people called him the new Elijah. They were like, is this man Elijah? Because Elijah was known for being assertive, but he wasn't an evil man. He wasn't domineering. He wasn't passive. He was assertive. He was wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove. There we go. As we're called to be. So that's what I just... And I, I un, again, we understand what they're getting at, but the problem is, is we need a full Jesus. We need the Jesus as the Lamb of God who washed the feet of his disciples, but we also need Jesus as the Lion of Judah who stands up to the oppressors and emboldens Christians, Christians, people who follow Jesus, not just anybody, to stand up against oppressors and tear down the things that the wicked did and exalt the humble into places of power to bless the people around them mm. in, in positions of leadership. Christians are called to be servant leaders. So that's the entirety of Jesus wants you to turn you into a person who preaches hate against sin, against sin, because sin, Jesus, do you think Jesus hates the devil? Probably. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's very furious with the devil bringing his children to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not in, in the same way a father would hate obviously we love that person as who god created them to be but also we hate the actions of the wicked because again they're oppressing somebody so i think when we give the whole christian worldview all these things all these half truths that the left or even the people on the right on either side will give a half truth but the half truth is a lie the full truth is that jesus brings all these things together and he makes the hate makes sense. He makes the love make sense because what is true love without Jesus? Like there, it's kind of, there's nothing. He is the example of what love is. He's the example of truth. So when we forget all these other things and we forget, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He is the truth. If there's something that is outside of him, it is not true. So I think that obviously we're not hateful as Christians, but it is not wrong to hate sin and hate the sin in your own life. Because if you don't hate it, that means you're going to tolerate it. Yeah. And then it's going to stick around yeah. and grow. But in terms of people, we do need to show compassion and love. And I agree with that. And I think that as a culture, both sides, neither side, if you think the left shows compassion and love towards people, you're mistaken. Yeah. Because they want government charity and all these kinds of things. And the right, I agree, the right doesn't show much love and compassion towards people either. It's not a left versus right game. It's a human nature game. We have a sin problem, and the only person who can deal with the sin problem is Jesus. So we can get caught up, and even we might get caught up in, like, you know, the arguments of left versus right or blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, if our foundation isn't built upon the rock of Jesus Christ, we're damned and we're screwed. Yeah, we're absolutely screwed. Yeah. Yeah. So how does how do you think churches need to respond to this ad? Because you could, we can talk about this all day long in a podcast. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe a pastor's listening. Maybe an elder of a church. Or a future a fu- pastor. Yeah, future pastor, whatever. Yeah. I mean, or just a young a young person, a Christian 
how do you handle this ad? I think we handle this ad is, is we do try to be charitable as we can. I don't think that jumping on it and just saying, oh, look at this woke leftist liberal ad and look how stupid they are. I don't think that that's productive either. I do think the ad in, in and of itself is divisive, but also Jesus was divisive. He said, I came to bring a sword. Mm-hmm. I came to divide a father against his mother. So I think that we need to acknowledge that divisiveness isn't actually always bad. Mm-hmm. And to say that Jesus will separate the sheep from the goats. Um, so I, I, I think that as, as churches, we need to say, okay, what is our culture missing? What is our culture missing about who Jesus is? And if you look at it objectively, we are missing Jesus as the lion of Judah, as it speaks of in Revelation, which is why men hate going to church. And we need strong men to lead the nation. Men are called to be leaders. Wait, extrapolate that. What do you mean by men hate going to church? Men hate going to church because men are wired differently than women. Surprise, surprise. And they need... You look at why do men read superhero novels? Why do men love Spider-Man? Why do men love action figures? Why do men love the WWE? Because they love to see a leader that conquers something, that wins. And God... I mean... Having victory over death itself is probably the biggest victory that you could ever have. Red pilled. <laughs> Jesus is ultimate red pill. Jesus is the ultimate superhero. So I think we yeah. need to say that and we need to say, look at this this man that Jesus was, not just this little softy who was just so nice and so kind, because we've heard enough of that. And that's fine and dandy, and that is a part of who Jesus was, as the Lamb of God, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God. But he was fierce. He called out oppression. He saved the victims. He's the one running into the fire with Shadrach, the other guy in Abednego, whatever. Meshach. <laughs> and um, he was the one there. Sorry, sorry, I don't mean to make fun of you. That was really funny. <laughs> the other guy, you know. The other guy. And Rack, Shack, and Benny is VeggieTales. Rack, Shack, and Benny. There you go. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. And... He was the one running into the fire, and he was the one doing difficult, tough things in spite he was victimized by his culture. He was told that everything he was saying was wrong and that he was a blasphemer, and they put him to death for it. And I think men need to hear that because men are killing themselves because of a lack of purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think churches, 60% of people that go to churches are women. And that's an equality issue to me. That's yeah. the real equality issue in, in society is that men and women don't operate as a unit anymore. They don't operate together anymore. I think the biggest divide realistically is between men and women. You look at the Red Pill movement and you see a bunch of men who don't want to get married because they're afraid of the system that the feminism movement has created with no-fault divorce and all these things where they can take half your property. And I think that their criticism on that is fine, but also they're ignoring the fact that there is an answer to that, and that is to be in a Christian marriage, which divorce yeah. rates are incredibly low if you're actually a Christian and exhibiting yeah. fruit. Um, I don't mean to dwell on this because I don't want to get off topic, yeah. but I heard a statistic that's just mind-blowing. You want, Have you ever heard the statistic that like, oh, don't get married young. Young people have a much higher divorce rate. Not true. It's not true. I've heard that. I've heard that all my life, but it's not true. The caveat that, okay, it, that statistic is true. However, there's a caveat that if both of the young people are Bible-believing Christians who attend church regularly, the divorce rate is drastically lower. Also, you know what group of people have the lowest divorce rate? People who get arranged marriages. Kind of interesting. <laughs> just what? saying. Yeah. Are, are you we, sure it's not just because there are very, very few arranged marriages? Um, no. World, well, India, almost... No, are we talking about America? Not just America. No, okay. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. I'm just saying because I don't mind it. Mm. families used to be heavily involved in the process of dating and the process of, you know, finding who, I mean, the first, Mark Driscoll says this too, the first, the most important decision you can make is who you worship as God. The second most important decision is who you marry mm-hmm. because that affects your whole entire life. You do life with that person. So I think we've created such an individualistic culture and that's part of what makes America great, but also we don't work together as the sexes, as the the male and female, because we've completely messed up masculinity and what the roles of 
the different roles that men and women have that when they're in their proper place are beautiful mm. and work in harmony together in the church, in the economy, in the culture, and all these in every area of life they work together. So I think as a church we need to say we need to say Jesus was not just the Lamb of God again to bring it back. Jesus was the Lion of Judah. We need strong men in this culture to stand up, to step up for women. Mm-hmm. Men should step up for women. Stop allowing women to go to war. Stop allowing women to having to be put in these positions of stress because a lot of women step up and do that because the men are aren't. so weak. Exactly. We got exactly. weak freaking men. And okay, I, so and, I, and we've also got a lot of weak pastors. Yes, we've got also got a lot of weak. And the reason I bring it back is because I want to yes. show you guys a video that I'll explain in a moment. We've got weak pastors. We've got pastors who are possessed by a spirit of passivity, by a spirit of Ahab, actually. I've said this a couple times, and I actually talked about this on my Instagram story today. There is a spirit of passivity that is currently that currently has a foothold within a lot of the pastors in America. I'm actually watching a sermon series about Elijah, and it's talking about um, the, the spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of Ahab. And Jezebel is the is the the controlling female dominating spirit. It, you know, like the original sin of Eve was to rule over her husband, um, and that has led to the spirit of Jezebel, you know, taking control of a lot of you know leading the charge in a lot of these feminist uh, revolutions. I mean, these uh, Baal and Asher were the two gods that were worshipped in the time of Jezebel and Ahab, right. and one sacrificed. And what you would do is you would the way you would celebrate church corporately is you would do awful, unspeakable sexual acts in large groups and then offer up your children as idle, as child sacrifices. Sound familiar? Free sex and then take a day after pill to kill your child, killing your baby in the altar of convenience. So there, there, there was the evil that was going on in the day of Elijah and Jezebel and Ahab back in 1 Kings in Israel is very similar to what's happening today. And you had a spirit of Jezebel that was domineering. You had a spirit of Elijah that was assertive, that was God-breathed. And then you've got a spirit of Ahab that was passive. And so many of our pastors today are, are just choked out by a spirit of Ahab that is basically, they, they don't want to deal with confrontation. They're pacified. They're feminized. They refuse to say hard things because they're afraid of getting kicked out of their church because they have more fear of man than they have of God. They're afraid of getting their salaries taken away. They're afraid that 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 you know that one person who tithes a lot of money is going to leave their church and then they're going to have a smaller budget. They're afraid they won't be able to upgrade their buildings. They're afraid they won't be able to get as many butts and seats. They're afraid about earthly things. They're Which afraid is crazy. of earthly things. Yeah, the thing no, is I'm we, serious. Like, this is yes, all true. Agreed. And this we, is, I'm not just taking one small portion of the American church and break, extrapolating it. I, li- I mean, I talked about this before, planning a rally and trying to go to pastors to get them galvanized about transgenderism, like literally mutilating the body parts of young girls. I was accused of Christian nationalism. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead serious. Why? What, what has possessed these idiot pastors? And that leads me... And just to say, just to interject here, compared to what the early church fathers, and even, not even just the early church fathers... The people today, the earthly things that the American church worries about is, oh, they might say mean things to me. I might lose my salary. Oh, no. Oh, I might not have my Corvette anymore. It's like, really? You look at a pastor in Nigeria. You know what the worldly things that they're worried about is? Oh, there's a guy um, in the third row pew who has a bomb strapped to him. And that, that's, his, that's his main focus. And that's his main, quote unquote, worry. Yet he still holds church. And still preaches the gospel and still preaches the truth. So we're sitting here in America worried about wait, 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 the media is going to say all these things about me. Oh, I'm so sad. Yeah. Oh, no, they're going to accuse me of like killing all the grandmas because I, you know, I if I don't close my church during COVID, like I'll admit I was kind of duped during the whole COVID thing, too. I and most pa- also yeah. and most pastors were like even good pastors, but the good ones opened up quickly. Yeah. And they, they got open. There were churches that were closed for like a year. What? What in the world? And you tell I'm me, oh, well, mind. you know, they weren't telling us to disobey the Bible, yet, you know, the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering yeah. of the brethren. And they think persecution only applies, like, it only, civil disobedience is only okay when they've got a gun to your head saying, 
deny Jesus or I'll blow your brains out. Like you, you can, you, you're, you have to listen to the government up to that point. That's no. basically how they act. It's like, oh, if they tell us to close church, yeah, just be nice. Like there's no reason not to. Like don't be a bother. Like, but you have to say Jesus is Lord if, when they're threatened to blow your brains out if you don't deny him. Like you know what we're the, all these awful videos of people in the Middle East, uh, you know, dying for the name of Jesus. Yeah. Like that's they think that's the point where we have to say no to the government is on death's door. No, no, you can you can take that back. <laughs> but a and lot. that's how they get you to you say take it. That back. A pa- you think a pastor who is worried who says, "Oh, you know, of course, when push comes to shove, I will." But you think a pastor who's worried about losing his pastor's salary and his Corvette is really is going to stand gonna, up gonna, for Jesus when he, a gun is pointed to his head? To his yeah. head? I don't. I don't think that's, that's a how really that works. good point. He's he, he he's. Yeah, yeah, it's a care is more about a salary, but like, oh, when it when my life's on the line, then I'll stand up. Yeah. But you won't even stand up when your salary's on the line. <laughs> what? Yeah, no. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. So the reason I bring pastors up is because me and my field rep for Turning Point USA, we were tabling, his name is also Sam. We were tabling at a local campus. Uh, Cape Cod Community College in Hyannis in Massachusetts. We were tabling there, public property, we're allowed to be there. This individual, older gentleman, walks up, who later I found out he is a gay pastor and he's the minister at Four Seas, like the the official, like, you know, town minister or not or college minister or whatever. But he, yeah, minister. And <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> he's a gay pastor and he's affirming. He basically tried to get us kicked off the campus because we're returning Point USA. And uh, he brings the dean of students out, and I want to show the video because my field rep is an absolute freaking legend and got a video of it, the whole thing. And just know, have you seen this? Did I show you this? Okay, it's pretty. I'll have to as show. As we watch this you video, we we talk about the spirit of Ahab. Sam was Sam Mealy. Sam <laughs> was possessed by the spirit of I Ahab. I was. I was possessed by the spirit of Ahab. Dude, I was standing behind him. I was like, dude, you're gonna get us arrested. I wasn't saying anything. I was a little nervy, nervy turvy, as the kids say. So I guess. That takes me back to the first point is that, like, you have your First Amendment right, mm-hmm. free speech. That's what we're doing out here. So if neo Nazis wanted to come and set up a well, I, I place said, No, you've confused that. freedom of speech with freedom of access everywhere, and you don't That's have that. Correct. Okay? Okay, this is public property. Yeah, no, it's, it's not public property. It's it is. Owned, it's owned by the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Public property. So by the Board of Trustees. Okay. Public property. All right. Still. I'm gonna, do you have, I'm sorry, do you have your, your uh, authorization to be here? As all, all groups are required to have, they're going to do a setup? Like I said, we have our First Amendment that protects us on campus. Okay. Well, police all right, we're going to have to... So I'm not going because I can be no, here. You are. No, you are. So no, really no, I have the right to be here. You do, do you? Okay. Yes. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. Okay. Sorry. sorry. Right. You've confused the public institutions with public access, and they're not the same. Okay. Just like you don't have a right to set up... Uh, this booth or any booth on a highway or in, in a government Oh, building. I hope you don't set it up on a highway. <laughs> so why is it I can virtually go to any college campus and public one, at least, and this isn't an issue? I'll take your word for it. I have no idea what your experience has been. He's being so nice, though. It's probably because they're public. <laughs> this is public. It's public. Okay. How's it going, man? Hello. What's this? We're at Turnport, USA. Mm-hmm. If you want something here, you can have it. <laughs> Pocket Constitution. <laughs> Keep it. It's all yours, man. Thank you. It would have... Yeah. I just want to... It would have been so funny if right there you said, Hey, buddy, you should uh, go in there and you should read the First Amendment up there. And can you read that for me and read yeah. what it says? Yeah, the one about <laughs> free speech. <laughs> You have a good day. You too. I'm the police person here. So what do you guys got going on? We're Turning Point USA, just tabling for an organization. Very cool. Um, I know this is a First Amendment issue. Um, are you guys adverse to just setting up in a place where there's the same amount of visitor traffic, but maybe not in the town square? Yeah, where would you like us to go? Um, how long are you going to be here? Two hours or so. That's cool. That's cool. Any suggestions about where they can deploy this, or is he your phone? 
Well, you know, this this is an uh, emergency route for yeah. ambulances and fire, so... I was thinking maybe right up there, yeah, because that would be we have to give them equal access to people. Yeah, that would be better. Are you guys... Because the, just yeah. off to the side, maybe up against that brick wall, yeah. that back wall. Okay. Just because fire, fire, fire and ambulance apparatus go in here, and they go up that way. All right. Okay. Sounds like I've misunderstood. Sounds like it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it was it was quite crazy. I was standing behind him, assuming we were about to get arrested. But that cop, he later talked to. He's conservative, and he was like, he got a couple. We dropped off a bunch of like got your six pins at the uh, at the police headquarters there at the college. So it was, it was fun. Well, that's at least somebody set up for you, and yeah. that's that's interposition right there, baby. There we go. That's the lesser magistrate principle. <laughs> uh, but I I think that is hilarious and it's just funny that 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 was like the first time you've been there right i had tabled there one other time but there's like no one there and no one gave us an issue which we're gonna go back yeah we're definitely going back (laughs) (laughs) we gotta have something more controversial next time well anyways thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the sons of liberty podcast make sure you find us on rumble you can find us on twitter x instagram tiktok all the social media platforms obviously we're here on youtube Uh, And we are here for you guys. You can find us on all your favorite uh, podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. And if you've listened this long, comment, Sam has the spirit of Ahab. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I will be so happy if I see someone comment that. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching. My name is Sam Mealy. My name is Hunter Young. And we are the Sons of Liberty. Liberty.